or may not be familiar uh, with human trafficking, but human trafficking is a form of modern-day slavery where where someone is exploited either for work or for sex um, for the personal gain of the person that is doing the exploiting. So it doesn't. We we often think that um, that it has to be money taking place, um, but it is not necessarily just money. It's something of value is exchanged um, for for someone who doesn't have uh, from someone who doesn't have a choice in what in what they're doing. So a lot of a lot of us um, maybe our first exposure to human trafficking might have been the movie Taken with Liam Neeson. Have you seen that before? It's a few of you TV show. There's also a TV show. So. Uh, so that introduced the concept of human trafficking to a lot of us. Um, uh, and what, what, you know, what happens in that movie is, uh, spoiler alert, if you're, if you're not gonna, if you haven't seen it yet though, you, you know, you may not. Uh, I think there's four or five or twelve of them. Um, so, but, uh, uh, in that, in that case, you know, uh, some of, uh, an American, uh, young lady or se- several of them are uh, kidnapped and trafficked across overseas um, for the purpose of uh, sexual slavery. Um, and so that uh, is a scenario that has occurred before, but it is far less frequent than the type of scenarios I'm going to talk about today for this in for the Central Valley. And so one of the things that is kind of shocking uh, was shocking to me as I began to learn about these things is that there are more slaves in the world today than there were in the entire history of the transatlantic slave trade. So even though slavery is illegal in every country in the world, um, it still persists today. And in fact, the things that um, that you know our culture and um, voices outside the church thought you know we're going to make everything better, technology, um, globalization, trade, um, all of those things, in some ways, have increased. The, the ability of traffickers to exploit people. And so slavery um, has continued to grow. Today, slavery is the second largest, uh, second most profitable criminal enterprise in the world, second only to drug trafficking and likely to surpass drug trafficking. Um, because uh, because a person, so a, a drug or an illegal substance can be used only one time, but a person can be sold over and over again, um, thus generating more profits. And up until uh, the last several years, um, the legis- the criminal criminal law and legislative reform has lagged behind um, the uh, the crime of human trafficking to where the penalties uh, for he- trafficking in people were less stiff than those in trafficking in drugs. And in, in other substances, and so which is, is it's a terrible reality. Um, and uh, there are, um, I'm thankful that there are quite a few people who um, who are working on that, um, and uh, and and working around the world. So really, human trafficking is something that we care about uh, both overseas and at home. So when we uh, when when we <clears throat> when we talk about Freedom Sunday today, what what we want to talk about is how Jesus is inviting us into His mission to join Him. In, uh, in, in setting people free. And so if we can go to the next slide, um, actually the one after the next one, or is it frozen? Okay. No, no, no worries. No worries. If you get it, if you get it, okay. No, but, but otherwise no problem. So yeah, so we'll go to the, we'll go to the next one if we can. Um, so Jesus, when he, when he inaugurated his earthly ministry, he got up, he unrolled the scroll, in the synagogue, and he read these words, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
And now Jesus was reading words that were uh, written already in the prophet Isaiah. And he was taking up the the role, the mantle of Messiah, uh, not just for the the people of Israel, but for all the people who would come after that, and including us. Right? Probably very few of us here today ethnically, ethnically Jewish. Most of us here are probably Gentiles. And so we can be thankful. Maybe some of us are. And I'm not saying there aren't any ethnically Jewish people here, but maybe, but we are thankful that we have been incorporated into the kingdom of God, that we have been invited into that. Now you might be sitting there thinking, wow, this is, sounds really intense and really heavy, right? Human trafficking and slavery and, um, I, trust me, I've been doing this for three years now. Um, the previous, uh, 10 years I was working in, uh, as a pastor on staff at, at, at two different churches, one in Davis and one, in, one in Fresno. And, uh, since I've been doing this job, I quite often have had people come up to me and say, I, I wish you didn't visit our church this morning. <laughs> I wish I'd never heard about this before because uh, now I'm really bummed and, and I feel overwhelmed. And, and so our goal at the Central Valley Justice Coalition is to give you tools to equip you with things that you can do um, rather than become overwhelmed, but give you the tools to take steps to to fight for for freedom, to 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 uh, to take action um, on behalf and to join Jesus in his mission of bringing freedom to the captives. And so um, I just I had a, I had a kind of a funny flashback this morning. Uh, you, you're, you, if you're anything like me, you might be sitting there thinking, I'm not I'm not qualified, you know, to to fight human traffickers. I'm not qualified to jump into the anti-human trafficking game. But but trust me, none of us are right. It's only it's only through Jesus that we can. Uh, and only through, by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can do that. And so I was thinking of a funny story this morning. When I first became a pastor, um, I, I wasn't familiar with some of the different nuances of the job. And uh, one of the things being that if you're serving communion or offering, you need to make sure you have a partner. So the very first time that I was uh, at, at, uh, at the church that I still attend now, um, uh, and I they they recruited me to, to help serve communion because uh, they were sh- they were short, and it turns out I got stuck without a partner. And so what what wound up happening was I had the communion tray. And I, <laughs> you know where this is going, right? So <laughs> I came over here and I handed the communion tray to a person. And then I ran around <laughs> to the other side and I got the communion tray. And then I handed it to the next row. And then I ran around <laughs> the other side. <laughs> And, and I looked up and I saw my boss, my senior pastor, just trying to contain his, um, <laughs> his, his, his unbridled joy at seeing me do this. And, and it went on, it even went to the third row and I handed it and then, and as you can see what's happening is it's getting worse and worse the further back you go, the farther you have to run. So fortunately someone came up and bailed me out, but it was clear to me that day, as it is clear to me on many days now, that I have a lot to learn. Right. That we um, that none of us are just we don't just burst out of wherever we came from. I actually went to school for journalism. Uh, I come from a long line of pastors, uh, three generations, four, four generations of them now, because uh, fourth generation is me. And um, and uh, and so I went to school for print journalism, um, <clears throat> which turned out to not be exactly a booming industry. Um, and so <laughs> Then I found myself, uh, I found myself back in ministry feeling somewhat un, unprepared, um, as you might feel when we're talking about fighting human trafficking. 
And then after 10 years uh, on staff at churches, I decided to uh, to take the crazy leap to a part-time job and a pay cut to uh, to take over as executive director of the Central Valley Justice Coalition. But God has been faithful, and we were able to raise uh, the money. Uh, so after three months of, of of working two jobs part-time, we were able. I was able to go full-time in the Justice Coalition, and we started as a uh, as a volunteer led ministry of Fresno First Baptist Church um and uh, became our own nonprofit in 2016 um and have been going strong ever since and so today we now there's five of us on staff um and we continue to uh, to work to uh, to partner with the church and the community to prevent human trafficking and so we go and visit churches just like yours here Carruthers Nazarene and and we and we uh, then we also work on the other side with with law enforcement, with social services, um, with medical profession, uh, with attorneys, with with all kinds of other people as part of a as part of a, a group effort, a combined effort to reduce and then ultimately prevent human trafficking. Our goal as an organization is to prevent people from being exploited in the first place. So um, one of the questions that we you might have is how prevalent is this in Fresno? So. Um, since, uh, since 2010, um, 711 people have been identified as victims of human trafficking in our community by one agency. By only one agency. So, uh, of course these numbers are much, much higher. And yet there are 711 cases identified by the Central Valley Against Human Trafficking Project, which is run out of Fresno EOC. They're one of, one of our partners. And of those 711 people, um, how many would you think are uh, foreign nationals? How many would you think might come from another country? So half. That's a great. That's a great guess. It's actually only about eighteen percent. So eighteen percent of those cases are people who are are not American citizens or from a foreign country, but the rest are American citizens, um, people who are uh, who are from cities and towns. Right here in the Central Valley. And so the, uh, the, the tragedy of human trafficking is, is that, um, it preys on people's vulnerabilities. And so some people, vulner- they may have a vulnerability because they are, they don't, they're, they don't have legal documentation. They don't have, uh, uh or they, they're homeless or they're in poverty. But there are a lot of other vulnerabilities that people have, including our youth. And I want to show you um, well, first I want to say that generally when we go and speak and we do a presentation in a, in a church, um, there's usually at least one person who identifies as a victim of human trafficking, um, generally often for the first time. And so, um, so it could be what, what I want to challenge us this morning is to not have just one picture of what a human trafficking victim looks like, because it could be the person who's sitting right next to you. Um, and I want to show you a video. This is my friend Christina, and this is her freedom story. And Christina's story, um, like so many of uh, of the stories of people who have been exploited, um, starts um, when she starts well before she's an adult. So let's uh, let's play this video if we can. remember those feelings of needing to be wanted, um, just wanting to be desirable, those feelings were even more, and 
I started this pattern of promiscuous behavior, and I believed that all guys wanted was sex, and if I just gave them sex, then they would want me, and that wasn't what happened at all. So as a teen, I had a rocky relationship with my mom. We fought all the time, and I had a friend when I was 15. She had ran away from home, and she invited me to come along with her. We ended up going to stay in Clovis, and we were staying with these women who called themselves strippers. They wanted me to um, to do it with them, and I was flattered that they thought I was pretty enough to um, to strip. And um, it seemed glamorous. They had you know the pretty clothes, the shoes, and so it seemed like something that I that I wanted to do. It turned out that what happened behind these closed doors was not stripping at all. It was child prostitution, but I didn't realize that until I was an adult. I remember calling out to God, and I said, God, please provide me a good mom. The next day, when I got up, I asked um, I asked for bus money, because they had taken all my money, and I said, give me my bus, bus money, and I, and I left. I didn't realize at the time how lucky I was to just walk out like that. until Christina attended a Freedom Sunday presentation at her church that she even realized that she had been a victim of human trafficking. Now today as a survivor, she's courageously sharing her freedom story in the hopes of preventing others from being exploited. For years, I didn't, I didn't tell anybody what happened. I was so ashamed and just embarrassed. When I was 18, I ended up getting pregnant, and I was scared about my future. I didn't know how I was going to take care of a baby. Where I was going to live, I was bouncing around, and so I knew that if my life was going to get any better, I, I needed God, and so that's when I started going to church, and that's when God started to change my life, and then I ended up going back to high school. I got my high school diploma. It took me eight years, but I finished, and um, God gave me a, a really good friend who encouraged me to go to college, and I remember being terrified, thinking there's no way I'm going to college, and but sure enough, I ended up going to college, and I graduated and then I went to um, Fresno Pacific, got my BA in liberal arts, and graduated with highest honors. And I'm continuing my education with SPU as a kindergarten. So and my life is so blessed. And I just now I have this um, passion to serve others. And I don't have to be ashamed of my past anymore. I'm, I have compassion for the little girl that I, that I was and what I went through. And um, I love my story. I love my past because it's, it's made me who I am. So we can see that um, that there are are people who want to to prey on the most vulnerable and uh, especially on our youth. And so one of the priorities for us at the Central Valley Justice Coalition um, is to engage youth in prevention curriculum. And so actually, just this this last week, we finished five weeks of classes 
uh, with, at Central High School with a peer connectors group with over 60, uh, 68 students. Um, and we've done uh, nearly 100 students this year through our prevention curriculum, and that continues to grow. And we get opportunities to uh, – so though we are a faith-based and a Christian organization, we get, have gotten op- opportunities to come in to schools and speak to young people um, and and then help people like Christina uh, share their share their story as well and share her story of freedom. And so um, – it uh, it never ceases to amaze me the, the the power of God to transform our lives, not just Christina's life, um, but each of our lives as we um, as we respond to what He's called us to. And so you you might be sitting there thinking today, well, how how can I get involved in uh, fighting human trafficking? I'm just a regular person, um, you know. Not you may not be law enforcement or an attorney or um, Liam Neeson, uh, right? Or or in, any of these or any of the Marvel uh, characters, um, you may not have any of those powers, but how can you get involved? Well, there's there's three ways that we can respond this morning. And the first is to pray. Um, we have a, uh, a prayer guide at our table that uh, that Micah and I will be back, back there afterwards. And uh, this is a prayer guide that you can stick in your Bible or you can put it uh, in your car or in your pocket. And uh, it gives you different areas that you can pray about because we believe that uh, I feel like I'm amongst friends here this morning and that we agree together and believe that prayer changes lives and that prayer changes things. And so um, we can pray to have God's heart about those who are caught in, in slavery and those who are who are perpetrators as well, those who are traffickers. Um, and, and then for customers, um, for labor trafficking or an organized crime, for first responders, law enforcement and government, and then for the church that we in the church will, um, will wake up. And one of my favorite, one of my favorite movies, I, I watch a lot of movies, is, um, is the movie Amazing Grace, which, uh, chronicles William Wilberforce, um, and his, uh, and his never ending passion to see slavery, the, to see slavery abolished, uh, in England. And, and there's slow steps that, um, that, uh, it, it took several, it took a lifetime really of activism and advocacy. Um, but, uh, but that, um, he's, uh, he was inspired and sustained by prayer and by his, by his passion. You can also join us for monthly prayer. Uh, we, we host prayer every month, um, the first Thursday of the month at noon. Um, at Fresno First Baptist. Uh, we've since moved on to a different office, but that's where we were for a long time, and we still go back there um, to use the chapel. And then you can receive, you can be on our prayer team or our prayer list by signing up uh, in the in the lobby um, on our on our sign-up sheet. The second thing is you can give. Um, human traffickers have access to tremendous resources. As I said, it's the second largest criminal activity or enterprise in the world. And so it takes resources to, um, to stand up against that. And so you can partner with us financially and we especially need, uh, monthly, monthly donors. Um, it's, it's, uh, a lot of times, uh, a lot of my friends, have even said to me before, well, you know, I can't give you, you know, I can't write you a check for, for thousands of dollars. I said, that's okay. If you can give us $15 a month, that would make a humongous difference in the work that we're doing. And so, um, so we have more information about that and also on our website, justiceco.org. And the third thing you can do is you can act. You can connect with us, um, sign up for our email list. You can register for one of our classes. So, uh, last year we, uh, we held classes for the public in human trafficking 101 and 201. And these are, these are not short, brief, uh, presentations, not, you know, much more in depth than what I'm giving you today. And, uh, they, they last three hours and people can, uh, uh, oftentimes use them for continuing education credits and stuff. And we did 
338 people through those classes uh, last year, and even more, uh, even more so far this year. Um, and so you can register for our next Human Trafficking 101 and 201. Um, we also actually have partnered now uh, with another organization that's very that we work very closely with, um, Breaking the Chains. They uh, run a, a program, uh, a home for uh, women and minors, uh, survivors of sex trafficking uh, in, in the Central Valley and beyond. And, uh, and so we're actually, we're the training arm for all of their volunteers, um, and for many other organizations as well. So we're doing the education and the training. Um, and so we have a human trafficking 301, which is for people who are in, uh, helping professions or in direct services, um, like law enforcement or medical profession and, and social work and different things. And so we have all three of those classes. There's still another opportunity to take them this year, uh, in November. And so uh, we have information about that at our table. But what I want to leave we, leave you with here today is um, is just to say that uh, that God cares about um, every one of us and God cares about people who are uh, he especially cares about people who are disenfranchised and marginalized and 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 hidden and invisible. And so um, I was just talking to a friend um, who had been I knew he'd been a code enforcer for years but I am in Selma. And, uh, and I was talking to him and out of nowhere, he just told me a story about how at least once a year, um, they would, they would shut down some kind of operation, um, just from a, uh, just from a, a zoning, um, just from a zoning, just because of zoning violations or something like that. So he was telling me about a, a property that they, uh, that they condemned and, and shut down, um, because there was a, a woman there who was housing agricultural workers in eight by eight cells and locking them in at night. Um, and like there was only one, uh, bathroom. There's only one toilet and sink for, I think, 10 different, uh, pods. And, and, and she was charging them rent and also taking their wages. Uh, taking their wages directly from labor subcontractors. So there was, uh, uh, this is when this was just happening in Selma and he was saying that there was a case like that at least once a year. Um, and so there are people who are being, uh, exploited right here in our, in our midst and you, you might know them, you might come into contact with them. And so the other thing that I want to highlight addition, in addition to all the many, many resources that we have at our table is we have a, a card here that has the National Human Trafficking Hotline on it. And, uh, it's, it's not like calling 911, but what it is call, is doing is you can call and speak to someone to get more information. And also you can make a t- you can leave a tip. So, um, if they're, you know, uh, one of the things you might have seen on the news, the, when, when the massage parlor busts happen, it's usually because multiple people, um, dozens at times have called the National Human Trafficking Hotline and said, Hey, I think some stuff is going on at this massage parlor that is, you know, illegal and beyond, you know, what um, they're operating after the hours that they're supposed to operate, cars coming and going at all times, just different, different things. And then the, and then the police um, who are connected to the National Human Trafficking Hotline are able to respond and make a difference there. And so, um, so we have these cards, you can take as many as you would like, they actually don't say human trafficking on them, um, because we hope that, uh, that to not get someone into trouble for, uh, for having that card on their person. Um, but, um, I just want to thank you for having me here this morning and, uh, hopefully giving you just a brief fire hose of information, uh, uh, of, uh, of, of data and, and, uh, and strategies. Um, but, uh, ultimately, um, I, if 
I have hope because I have hope in Jesus and I have hope in, uh, in the church. Church is exactly like yours here, here today. So God bless you and thank you very much. You know, this is a topic we don't like to talk about. And I'm sure some here this morning said, man, if I would have known this was coming on, I would have stayed home. We don't need to have this stuff in church. Church, we need to have this here talked about in church. Because if we don't talk about it in church, it's not going to get talked about out there. And if we want to protect our teens and others, we need to know about this. If you remember, I said last week that on social media, kids in every high school are getting notified about becoming a part of human trafficking. Every high school in Fresno County, guess what? We're in Fresno County. That means it's happened at Carruthers High School, where a large percent here has graduated from. Think about that just for a moment. Yeah. And it's not just not the teens, it's adults as well. It's just not girls, it's girls and boys, men and women. So it's all. So we need to know about this church. But we can pray. And we need to pray that God will send his spirit in with these people to get them out of this nasty stuff that's going on. So that's the challenge we have today is to is to pray, first of all. We can give to the organizations. We can be a part, but we can pray. If we can't do anything else, we can pray. I know we have a list of things that we all pray for every day. But we need to have this as well. We need to pray for this as well. So would you stand with us this morning as we...